Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is Dan Gingas, and I'm here once again with my British partner, Dan Moriarty, and we are happy that you've joined us again. We want to quickly remind you, as usual, that if you would like to see somebody on this podcast, please use the hashtag FOCS, and we'll be happy to reach out to the brand and try to get them on the show. Dan Moriarty, how are you doing today, sir? Doing very well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm excited for another awesome guest. Absolutely. And on that point, joining us today, we have Jessica Mack, who is the Senior Social Media Manager at Otterbox and LifeProof. How are you, Jessica? I'm great. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. And just to let everyone know what Jessica does at Otterbox and LifeProof, she develops social media strategy, oversees campaign management, and provides customers with the best possible brand experience. And Otterbox, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, is the number one selling manufacturer for smartphone cases in the U.S. And LifeProof is a similar company that focuses on manufacturing waterproof, dropproof, shockproof, and snowproof cases. So for you skiers or water skiers out there, a good product. That's much of a plug. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you end up working where you work? I've been working in marketing communications strategy for ooh, about 15 years, which I'm sure dates me a little bit. And I've been in social space for the last six. So back in 2011 from Australia, I started providing advice to a new business that hadn't launched yet, and that business turned into LifeProof. And when LifeProof really started taking off, the then CEO asked us to move over to San Diego and work on it full time. And then in 2013, we were actually, we joined forces with Otterbox under the parent company Otter Products, and I took over social strategy for both brands. And here we are today. Jessica, I think one of the things that's really interesting about Otterbox from a customer service perspective is that your company literally exists to stop another product from breaking. Could you talk a little bit about how your overall social strategy and social care specifically really reflects what your product does? Sure, absolutely. For Otterbox, our goal is really to protect your entire mobile world, and we do that through highly engineered products. We're really trying to take a little bit of stress out of our customers' everyday lives. And I think our social strategy reflects that. You know, we try to provide content that is useful and educational and entertaining for our customers. And because we're making the products for devices that we don't actually manufacture, we spend a lot of time thinking about and making sure that our products enhance the features of your device. So anything we can do to make your life easier. For example, we now have battery cases for both of our brands, which double the battery life of your device, giving you that extra battery power. You know, you don't have to stop and recharge in the middle of the day, that kind of thing. So even though we're, we're making products for other people's devices, we try to enhance those and add value, and we do the same on social as well. Well, as a guy who plugs in his phone probably six times a day, when this podcast is over, I'm going and ordering a case from Otterbox. <laughs> so thanks for letting me know. My pleasure. You have a brand uh, new customer already. 
and we have we're only on question number one. I like to hear that. That's great. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your social media customer service team and how you're organized, both kind of the number of people on the team, but also where you fit within the rest of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. We have a team of nine and talking to other large brands that are similar to ourselves, I, I'm finding that we're actually fairly unique and we have quite a big in-house team. So half of the team looks after LifeProof and half of the team looks after Otterbox. And we sit within marketing. I report directly to the vice president of marketing communications. And right now, our social media team tries to take care of all social customer care directly. So whenever I have an opening on the team, I actually try to recruit directly from our customer service team so that they understand all of our processes and they really have a passion for helping customers and the customer care aspect. And then I train them in all of the social media parts of the role. So are they doing double duty in marketing and customer service or are those separate? No, they are doing everything. So they might be working on campaigns or product launches, but they're also responding directly to our customers and helping them with their customer care issues or suggestions or things like that. So they're really integrated and they know everything that's going on in the marketing department and in the company, but they also have that background in customer care. Do you do divide out shifts where they know they're responsible for customer care during that period, or is it kind of the first person who gets to it just responds? We actually usually divide it up by channels. So we might take turns with somebody will be on Facebook that day and someone else will be doing Twitter, someone else will be doing Instagram, and then you know the next day we'll switch it all up. Uh, we also, my team is fantastic. I, I can't stress that enough. They also work evenings and weekends on shifts to make sure that we're able to respond to people when they're online. So for particularly with Autobox, a lot of our customers are actually online sort of after work hours. So that's 6 to 8 p.m. time slot. So we almost always have somebody monitoring and, and helping them during those times as well. Amazing. I, I imagine with a setup like that where you can literally be working on a campaign and then suddenly you have to jump into customer service for a minute, that technology must play a really important role in making sure, A, that nothing's missed, and then B, that nothing's responded to twice. Can you share a little bit about the technology you use and how you've got it set up to work across both Otterbox and LifeProof? Yeah, absolutely. We're in a transition phase right now. We've just left the tool that we were using to manage our social media accounts, and we're starting to integrate Spreadfast. So I know that you both have a little bit of experience there, but check back with me later to see how that goes. But I'm very excited about the new platform, and I, I think it's really going to help with our workflow and being able to scale our customer care as well because both brands are growing at a pretty steady rate, and with that, we have increased engagement and customers to take care of, obviously. So when we talk to a lot of brands, we hear a lot about sort of culture and values. And what we found, I think, is consistent is that it takes a certain kind of brand to want to focus on customer service, as our podcast is called. Can you tell us a little bit about what your companies are like and, and what the culture is there and how it leads to this interest in social customer service? Yeah, so I'm not sure if you're aware, but Otterbox is actually a family-owned business. And I think that's really reflected in the culture of the company overall. 
even though we've grown really quickly, we still think of our teammates and also our customers as family and we try to support them accordingly. I definitely hope this comes through in our social customer care because our customers mean everything to us and we try to involve them in our brands as much as possible, have fun, really treat them like we would treat a good friend and not just as a customer on the other side of the computer. And Jessica, looking at Twitter, especially before this call, just to, to do a little bit of research about Otterbox and LifeProof, I found that you had multiple handles, uh, both for the individual brands, like multiple handles for themselves, and then a customer service focused handle as well. That's really interesting now that I know that the teams are actually the same and it's the same individuals behind both. So I was just wondering what led to the decision for you to have a brand handle, a customer service handle, and then multiple brand channels for some of your products as well. Yeah, it wasn't always that way. When we were smaller, we just used to do everything from the main Twitter handles for each of the brands. But as we started to grow, we decided to split them out into mainly the brand handle and then a customer service team handle for each LifeProof and Otterbox. Back then, Twitter would show everybody all of your tweets, including all of your responses to people that you didn't follow. And we didn't want people to feel like we were spamming their feeds when we're responding and just chatting with other customers. So we split those out. And the extra benefit means that we get to highlight our own content and user generated content in our main feed without it getting pushed down the stream too quickly. And it also helps us track our customer care stats separately to our main brand content and campaigns. So Jessica, for those of us that work in this business, we know that not all the comments that we get are positive. And in your line of work, in particular, your product protects a very expensive device that people care a lot about. So what happens when something goes wrong? Can you walk us through the kinds of comments you might get and then what you do to deal with it? Yeah, unfortunately, we can't test for all possible variables and things do happen. For example, a couple of weeks ago, my husband had his phone in his hand and he tripped, landing directly with his screen on the concrete corner of some stairs. Needless to say, the screen cracked and nothing would have been able to protect against all of that weight landing right on the screen. And we could certainly make cases that would stop your phone from breaking in any possible scenario that you could conceive of but you probably wouldn't be able to use any of the features of your device. So it's, it's a fine line between providing superior protection while still remaining slim enough to be pocketable and allowing for all features of the phone to remain easily accessible. We obviously do get people who've had issues or you know questions about things. Sometimes it's user error and they'll admit that and, and ask for advice or you know how can we help them. Sometimes you know it isn't. We try to find out more information from each of the customers so we can really work out what happened. If they're using the product in a way that we haven't originally designed it to be used, we'll actually take that information back to our engineering team. And if there's enough people doing that sort of thing, we might end up making a different product for that particular use or those particular customers. So you know, we really try to use all the feedback we get, even if it doesn't initially seem like it's positive feedback. There's always a way to learn from that or use it. And we certainly try to help our customers as much as we can so that they go away feeling positive about the overall experience, even if their device was broken or, you know, they were unhappy at the time. 
I think that's a great example, and it certainly seems like some of the more enlightened brands out there are understanding that even a complaint in social media can be really, really valuable because it can tell you about something that your product isn't doing correctly, or in in the case that you gave it, it might actually give you an idea for a new product or for an expansion product line. And I think it's terrific that you guys are listening to that. I want to go back a little bit to your husband's example, and and I'm sorry that he fell and hope he's okay, but I want to understand a little bit better. So you said that some customers will acknowledge, hey, I fell and it was my fault and I banged the phone on the ground. Do you ever have the situation where maybe your product is being blamed when it probably, as you said, you know, it can't protect everything, and so maybe your product is being blamed in a situation that it really isn't your product's fault? Yes. That, I mean, that's a tricky question. It definitely comes up a lot. And I think we just try to be really patient with people because we understand no matter whose fault it was, whether it was something happened with the product or it was user error, the customer's going to be really upset. Even if it was their fault and they know it was their fault, they're still going to be really upset in that moment. So we try to listen to them and understand how they're feeling and do whatever we can to support that. Things like that definitely happen. I was really interested, Jessica, when you said, if you guys learn of someone using your product the way you didn't expect them to use it, can you share an example of that? (laughs) I can. We've got a lot of examples, but the first one that actually came to my mind was on life-proof cases, Because they're waterproof, a lot of people tell us that they use them to listen to music or podcasts in the shower. So, you know, that got us thinking about how could we maybe do waterproof speakers or maybe we could enhance the audio on our cases to have better sound quality when you're in the shower, which is a very unique audio situation. And, you know, we haven't produced any products like that, but it gets the wheels turning, gets you thinking about new ideas and while our products weren't designed specifically for that use, it certainly presents some opportunities. And this is actually a lovely avenue into my next question about products being used the way you didn't expect them to be. One of my favorite things I found out about Otterbox when I was researching was about the time that an actual otter got hold of a phone in Otterbox <laughs> proceeded to destroy the phone and the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from a social perspective, can you just to share what that was like for you guys. Did it get much coverage and did you guys have some fun with it or what did you do? <laughs> yes, it definitely got a lot of coverage actually. And all of our fans were uh, thought it was very amusing and were obviously tweeting us and asking if we'd seen it, that kind of thing. We had a bit of fun engaging with people on that one. For example, we do more than 24 different tests on Autobox products before they're released. But I have to say that testing by animals isn't usually one of them. Otter specifically. Um, yeah, exactly. Are you working on an otter-proof case? <laughs> we certainly could. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> so one of the things that we love to ask people is whether you have any specific social interactions that are memorable because those of us that talk with customers every day there's lots of stories. There's lots of kind of funny engagements. And just wondering if you're willing to share any that were particularly memorable or fun or strange or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. We have some incredibly passionate customers that engage with us in really unique ways. 
And we have quite a few examples of where our social interactions have actually turned into offline friendships with the team. For example, we have a couple of fans who create and send us artwork featuring a character that they've created, and he's a knight called Sir Otterbox. And we get pictures of him in different scenarios, you know, a Christmas Sir Otterbox, a Halloween Sir Otterbox, things like that. And, you know, they really make us smile and we, we stick them up all over the office and kind of share them around. And so we get a lot of, you know, really fun and engaging content sent directly to the team, which I think is amazing. And then the final question from me, which I always love to ask, I think the reason people listen to this podcast is to learn from, from brands that are doing this well and from people like yourself that have been doing this for a while. So what I always love to know is if you could talk to a more junior version of yourself as you started on this social customer care journey and if you could know what you know now, what would you share with yourself? What advice would you give yourself? I think my biggest piece of advice would be to try not to use third parties or agencies for customer care. I know that's not always possible, especially if you have a smaller team, but I would definitely recommend keeping it internal and recruiting people who really live and breathe your brand, who have a customer care background and who genuinely care about helping people. And secondly, trying to find ways to not only help the customers that have issues, but also surprising and delighting your other customers as well. It's easy to look for the the noisiest wheel and give that one the oil. But, you know, you have to reward the customers that are engaging with you positively as well. And, and you don't want to ignore anybody just because they're not as squeaky. Jessica, I think that's fantastic advice. And that definitely gets overlooked that the people who are taking the time to come onto social media and compliment your brand are definitely people that deserve a response and deserve some engagement. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, we are talking with Jessica Mack, Senior Social Media Manager at Otterbox and also LifeProof. And Jessica, we really want to thank you for being on the podcast today and to remind our listeners that if you would like to see any other brands on the podcast, and we sure hope you do because we would like to, please tweet at us and use the hashtag FOCS. That stands for Focus on Customer Service, and we'll be happy to reach out to those brands and get them on a future episode. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in again. Thank you to Jessica. Thank you to Dan Moriarty, my British pal. And this is Dan Gingas signing off. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS. And follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.